Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father God. We give you all the glory. We magnify you. We thank you, Father, for whatever you have in store for us today, for whatever you have in store for us this week. We thank you, Father God, for everything. We thank you, Father God, for what you have done this week already. We praise you and give you all the glory and magnify you. We thank you, Father God, for the people that have seen salvation this week across this earth. We thank you, Father God, for what you've done healing bodies across this earth. We thank you, Father God, what you've done in our own personal lives, the blessings that we've seen, the daily blessings that we've seen, the favor that has come into our lives. We give you praise for the healing power of the living God that is in operation in our lives. We thank you, Father God, for the breakthroughs that we've seen over our lives. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful God. And we give you all the glory and all the praise and we magnify you. For you are the good God. You are the great God. You are the God who is above all heaven and earth, above every single name. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. We know you are faithful. God is a faithful God. And we give him praise in this place. We give him praise in this place. We give him praise in this place. We glorify you. We magnify you. We worship you. We give you praise. We glorify you. God, you are a good God. God, you are our vision. God, you are our future. God, you are our healer. God, you are our victor. God, you are the victory that overcomes the world. You live inside of us. Thank you, Father God, and we give you praise, and we thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Veronica, can you come and share just about your grandson or anything else that you might have to say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a glorious day. It's been a peculiar kind of a day. Um, but we thank God that we have an amazing God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly Amen. above all that we could ever, ever ask, think, or hope. Before I go on, I would just like to say in this place today, people are flocking to see superheroes. They are desperate for a superhero. And you know, when you, when you see people that are searching and they're searching for things that we know is available, yeah. it, it, it breaks your heart because they're searching for something that isn't even real. I mean, they're, they're worshiping something that isn't even real. When we have this, the most incredible superhero, there's none above him, and his name is Jesus. He's the only one that died for a sinful man. So we just give glory to our superhero Jesus this morning. And we just pray for each and every person who's coming to this place today to, to see superheroes that are not even real. And we just pray, Lord, somewhere along the line, let them come and have an encounter with you. You're in this place. You're in this room. And I believe you're all over this hotel because we are here worshiping you. So we just thank you, Father. I just want to give a big shout out, out to my amazing God because last week I wasn't here because my grandson, who's 17 years old, got baptized. Now, this has been a journey and that he's been on for such a long time and he has had setbacks, upsets, things that go wrong and everything else that the world would try and bring upon our kids but through prayer and the faithfulness of God he decided he wanted to be baptized and I thank God I had the privilege to to watch him go under the water and come back up knowing that he was full of the Holy Ghost and I just thank God that our prayers are never in vain we have promises from God. It might not happen the way we want it to happen. It might not happen in the time we want it to happen. But God is still on the throne. He still knows what, we're, what he's doing. He knows the right time. He knows the right place. And prayer is such a powerful, powerful tool in our hands so I just urge anybody who's praying for something, who's praying for a breakthrough, who's, who's been praying for years and, and still haven't seen your breakthrough, it's, it's on its way. 
It's on its way. If you just keep trusting in our Lord God, he will bring it to pass. And, and us as parents and grandparents, we have a powerful um, authority over our, our children's walk and journey and stuff because our prayers are powerful in the life of our children and our grandchildren and our families. God says in his word that household salvation, we declare that over every person in this place, every person in our church, household salvations. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord from the youngest till the oldest. Never give up. Never give up. Our God knows what he's doing. As long as we trust in him in the good times and we trust him in the difficult times, as long as we trust him when things are going well, as long as we trust him when things don't seem to be going very well, we just keep our eyes fixed on him because he's able, like I say, to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or hope. So I just want to give God all the glory. It's nothing to do with anybody else but God. God. God did this. God drew him in. Yeah, we prayed, but God drew him in. God drew him in, and he can draw anybody in. So we just thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, worship team. Thank you, Veronica. Can you just give me a bit of uh, extra vocal on this? Just a little bit. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, someone's just come in. So it's nice to see a fresh face. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to Faith Life Preston, if you're just uh, tuning in online. Um, what Veronica was actually talking about regarding superheroes, she didn't explain. Um, <laughs> it might be a little bit confusing for people. Um, we've actually be, The reason we're in the boardroom uh, this week is because uh, the hotel have rented out the space that we're normally in for a Marvel superhero comic book uh, extravaganza, which obviously we think is a bit silly because church is far more powerful than Thor. But uh, my kids are going to go, we're going to go have a look uh, later. Because I, I used to, I, to be honest, it's a funny little story. Well, not funny little story. I remember the first comic book I ever read. I don't know if, if, you're, if you're a proper boy like me. Um, I remember reading a, a, a G.I. Joe comic book. I think it was number 19 in the series. And that was the first comic book I ever read. And it kind of led me on a path, uh, a bit of an interesting path, because a lot of the creativity in my life, um, some of you know that I also do the design work and the creativity work for Faith Life Center Ministries, is it all came out of those, those early days of uh, comic book love. <laughs> so don't ever despise the days of small beginnings for your kids. If they start reading um, things, like creative things, um, if they're on computer games or they're doing all that kind of stuff, God may still have a path for them within these silly things that we might think as parents, oh my gosh, I wish they would just stop talking about comic books or superheroes or whatever. Sometimes God can use all that stuff to bring in a, a, a different path that perhaps as parents we not, might not like, but... God's got better ideas. Hallelujah. We just trust God with our kids. And I love what Veronica was saying, because, and the reason I brought her up there was because water baptism is really key for a lot of people as cementing the salvation uh, message in their hearts. And so when somebody gets water baptized, it's always a great thing. And I was, I was so proud, uh, a little bit upset that we had to let her go back to Manchester for one week because I missed, missed me, uh, Veronica, Shabani, and Kaylee and all them. Uh, when they when they are here, but it was such a pleasure to be able to say, go back and let your your grandson be water baptized. So that was great. So if there's anyone ever in this place needs water baptism, let's believe God for that building, very quickly, so we can have that. Right. Well, I'm going to dismiss the children. Frankie's going to take the kids out for um, their special time. <laughs> Hallelujah. The kids seem to be rushing today. That they, they want to stay. Oh. <laughs> Got fresh faces is coming in as as whatever. Um, so just let the kids out. Welcome, guys. Um, I know I've never not met you guys before, but nice to see you. Um. <laughs> just taking your time. How? 
It's entirely up to you. How old are you? Twelve. Twelve. You can go out with the kids if you want, but they are little kids, so you, or you can stay in here with us. It's entirely up to you. Um, they do. Frankie will take you out if you want to go out, but it's up to you. Um, but uh, I know you've just come, so it's entirely up to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Spot on. Just want to make sure people are happy. Welcome. Faith Life Preston. Well, we have been reading in the devotional uh, from Pastor Joel. If you know Faith Life Center Ministries, um, Manchester is our main parent kind of church. We're a daughter church. We like to call them mother and daughter churches in some circles. So Manchester is considered our mother, and we're, we're kind of a, a child of Manchester. So we have Preston, and we have Harrogate living up, uh, up in Harrogate, obviously. Frank, uh, Benny and Linda running that church um, very well and having some fun. But today, we've been looking at this fasting and prayer this week in this devotional that Pastor Joel's written. If you, if you know anything about that, you guys will get a copy of it because um, you come. We've got a welcome pack and we can sort it out for you later. But there's a devotion that Pastor Joel's been working on um, and he's done a 52-week devotional. So what we've been doing is tracking as a church is um, working basically on each week, tracking with that and working with the, the title. And, and sometimes I stick with it, sometimes I drift off on it, and sometimes I have fun with it and things like that. But this week's fasting and prayer. Now, you might tell that I fast a lot or you might think I don't fast a lot. I don't do a lot of fasting. I'm not a big faster. Um, I, I I see the benefit of it when it needs to be done, and I'm very much led of the Holy Ghost when I when I fast. But God was showing me something, and I was thinking about it the other day, um, and I was, I was thinking, just think of that, fasting and prayer. If you just think about it, fasting and prayer. Now, we get that wrong way around. Really, you shouldn't fast to pray. You should pray to fast, is the way I, I, I was thinking about it. God was kind of just showing it. I, I'm just thinking about it, and I'm thinking, so if I pray... The Holy Ghost will lead me to fast. But if I fast and try and pray, I'm actually trying to get something to happen. Does that make sense? So what I was just playing around, what I would want to encourage us today, today more than anything, is to learn how to pray effectively so that our fasting is effective. Does that make sense? Um, so that's really what I wanted to say on that subject concerning fasting, because prayer to me is, there's a whole host of prayer. Prayer is, if, I'm not a teacher, so I'm not going like to lay out all the different versions of prayer that you can find in the Bible. There's different versions like prayer petition, prayer faith, intercessory prayer, and all that kind of stuff. But I want to just follow and delve into and kind of pull on what the Holy Ghost would have us to say around this subject today. And the, the, the scripture verse that kept coming up for me when we were in the worship in, it was, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 13, it says this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said this, I believe in God, so I spoke. In the King James, it's a bit uh, succinct. It says, I believe, therefore I speak. When we talk about prayer and fasting, prayer is about relationship. Fasting is about cutting off things to make that relationship more pure. If I am married to my wife, there are certain things that I cut out to have a better relationship with my wife. Fasting. You might fast your best friends. How many rom-com films do we watch and the relationship gets destroyed because the guys have his guy friends and the girls have her girlfriends, and they all chat about the relationship, and it pulls the relationship apart. And then hopefully, eventually, at the end of the film, they all get back together, all gets worked out, and they find the right person to live the rest of their lives with, and it's wonderful. And they can all still have their guy friends and still get drunk on a Saturday night, and everything. it all works out perfectly in the world's eyes. But we know as Christians that doesn't work, does it? It, it, you have to have, to, in order to have a relationship with a wife or a spouse, or you have to have a certain communication and an ability to connect properly, consistently, or your relationship will not survive the distance. I thank God that I've been married for nearly 23 years. I thank God that we've been together for more than 25 years. 
And I thank God that through the thick and the thin and the problems that we've come up against, we've managed to be able to work out a system that kind of works well for us, that realizes that perhaps maybe some of the stuff that I would love to do, I have to put aside, and the same applies for somebody else. That is what fasting is all about, putting aside some certain things that you need to put aside to communicate with God in a deeper way. That's all it is. It's simply that. It's just sacrificing and now people might say this, and this is the, the odd joke that says this, you know, he's fast social media. Have you ever heard of that? We're going to go on a 21-day fast, we're going to fast social media. Well, that means that everyone before 1999 fasted all the time because there was no social media. Fasting is really not eating any food. <laughs> it simply means cover your mouth in the, in the Hebrew. So you stop eating. But fasting isn't the main focus on this message today. I just kind of want to throw it out there because I, I don't want to have any like misunderstandings if I ever mention the word fasting. Uh, to me, personally, fasting is literally just God telling me, okay, just set some aside and do that. But the best way to come into a place of fasting is to be in the place of, the pra of prayer anyways in the first place. If you're flowing in the Holy Ghost, you're going to know very quickly when you need to do things, aren't you? But we are led by the Spirit of God, it says in, in Romans. By the Spirit of God, we, we know we're the children of God, and therefore we're led of the children of God. So those things like fasting or changing of your life or situations that need adjusting and direction is going to flow from in here. It's not going to flow from here. I'm going to decide I'm going to do a 21-day this or do this. I'm going to make this big grand gesture to God, and my life is going to be changed. The things of God must come from the inside out. I love that Hillsong United song, from the inside out. From the inside out, the God moves in our lives. That's why he says we're led. We know we're children of God because we're led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So if the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, that's where your true direction is going to come from. Fasting is a lovely way of setting extra time aside to just focus. Have you ever done that for studying an exam? You take time to study for a, 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 an exam. You have to put aside. Now, I, I back in the day, I didn't have to put my phone down and put it away because I'm old enough to know there was a time before mobile phones. So when I focused on exam work, I didn't have thousands and one distractions. But if I wanted to focus on a, a thing, I would take time. I would turn my music off, turn the radio off, turn the, and I would focus on what was before me and try and take this on. Is this not really what we're trying to do on a day-to-day -day basis with the Word of God? In fact, you can fast one meal and focus on the Word of God, couldn't you? If you needed to. Now, there are many cultures in this world and, 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 and different kind of, uh, kind of um, way church approaches fasting. Sometimes you have an extended period of fast and all those kind of things. Those are great, and I want, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not, having a, uh, I'm not trying to preach against anything one direction. I'm just trying to cover a basic principle, yeah? Stop eating food. Spend time with God. <laughs> it's simple. But when it says in here in 2 Corinthians, which I was trying to get to, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had. When he said, I believed in God, so I spoke, we know that God who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up, up with Jesus and present him to himself. I want to get to verse 16. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. That is why we never give up. Because we believe in God and then we speak. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Prayer and fasting doesn't shorten the pr troubles. Prayer and fasting gets us in a place where we can see the answer for the troubles. People need wisdom to get them out of troubles. People need wisdom to get healing in their bodies. People need wisdom to get financial prosperity. 
You don't try and do something to get something from God. Have you ever heard that before? People like, like in the olden days, olden days, I'm talking about like uh, the old, old school Catholics and, and, and the Protestants before all that, even before, go, let's go back further. And, and the, the Catholic Church used to like, uh, was it Martin Luther who, who beat himself silly trying to get up this, this path to, of, of this road and climbs up all these steps and, and, and just beats himself and, and, and tears himself and trying to attain salvation from God. God. We know that that doesn't work. These, thank God we're in, in modern enough times that we know that it's by faith that we receive our salvation alone. We don't try and do something. But yet what we do in, in, in our culture is we replace what Martin Luther establishes a reformation. He, he banged that letter onto the, the big door in the, the Catholic Church and said it's by faith alone. We've taken other things and say, well, we're going to try and make God do something because of something that we do anyways. We would take, take something as silly as fasting and prayer and we'll say, well, well I'm going to fast for 21 days to try and get something from God and get God to move. And we, we replaced what um, the old school kind of beatings and the, 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 the kind of Catholic priest mentality of like, I'm going to beat myself silly to get God's attention. And we try and do it other ways, don't we? But what we're talking here and says, this is why we never give up because we're speaking our, our, our faith. Our faith comes from our mouths and hooks up with our hearts. Remember what I was talking about being led of the Spirit of God? See, when we pull on the Spirit of God, we're going to speak Our prayer and our fasting connects us to that Spirit of God closer so that we can speak more accurately because the problems and the situations that you need sorting out in your life is a situation that is pulled from the Spirit of God with wisdom. Wisdom is the answer. Not flailing around going, God, help me. And I'm, I'm working myself up right now to, to kind of hit the bullseye of this meeting. That's what I'm believing God for. I want to hit what you guys need. I want to hit it with a, with a hammer very accurately. Have you ever seen a, a carpenter take a hammer and start smacking around the hammer? Start making dents in the walls all over the place? No, they're very accurate. So when you come to church on a Sunday morning, you need accuracy from the minister. And I know I don't sound very accurate right now. I know I'm, 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 I'm going around in circles. And Manny agrees with me. But I'm trying to figure out the bull, bullseye. I'm, I'm leaning on him. Being led of the Spirit of God. We speak we believe and therefore we speak. I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us up with Jesus present us, present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there'll be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every single day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that will vastly outweigh them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. For the things we cannot see will last forever. Let me just find that in the Amplified. Verse 17 says it this way. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. Since we consider and look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. For the things that are visible and temporal, brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. The things that are seen on the inside of our hearts, the things that, are, that the Spirit of God reveals to us on the bottom of our soul because we, we pull on Him and we learn to be led by Him. Those are the things that can be pulled out to produce wisdom. So if you have a business, so if you have children, so if you have a, a, a job and a career, the wisdom of God will lead you step by step into the prosperity and the success that you need. 
That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. That is why we never give up. Why do we never give up? Because we have something that's on the inside of us that lives eternally. It's the spirit of the living God. I had the pleasure, pleasure of speaking at my father-in-law's um, funeral this week. Speaking to a room full of people who were many were Christians and many weren't. And it was such a pleasure to just be able to just preach the gospel simply and just let people hear about Jesus. Because they needed to hear Jesus. Jesus. The man who died on the cross the man who provided every need met for every single one of us, the man who, 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 who turned up on earth as perhaps maybe just a little baby. It was just a little child in a, in a manger, but yet he grew up baptized in the Holy Ghost when he met the, John the baptizer. He was filled with the Spirit of God and then went through his ministry and started preaching the good news, the gospel, the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, I am anointed of God. I'm, I'm here. I'm the man for the hour. I'm the superhero. I'm the guy who's got every answer for every situation and circumstance. But yet he was only one man on this earth. He was only one man. And he had to somehow impart his life into these 12 disciples and these 70 other people that came around with him. He was one man that did it. But then he went to the cross, died on that cross, paid the price for every single one of us, removed sin and took sin out of the situation. You cannot longer, no longer come to God and blame sin for your life. You can actually go to God and say, God, I repent of my sin. Sin's not the problem anymore. Wisdom is the problem. Do you have the wisdom you need to live your life to the full? Do you have faith in a God that says, I'm going to speak his word no matter what. I'm going to say, this is why I never give up because the word of God tells me never to give up. Am I going to spend time in prayer and develop a relationship with him? Am I going to have a relationship with Almighty God? Because you know what? Jesus died on that cross. He was but one single man. And he would have looked really weak and horrible. It says in Isaiah that you look at him and you just think, what is he? I don't even know him. It says the disciples would not have even known him because he was so battered and bruised and, and beaten up by the Romans, by the pressures of sin that, that God Almighty put on him on that cross. And then he took it, died, and went to hell itself. And in hell, he paid that price. But you see, on the third day, the same spirit that lives inside of me and you went into that pit and raised him up. And it gives us a glorious example of how much victory that Jesus Christ himself reigns in. He defeated all of hell by the Spirit of God. And we sit there and we wonder and we wonder why our lives aren't being affected and our lives aren't being changed and our lives aren't going in the direction that we want to do. But we just simply need to realize that the same Spirit that took Jesus at the bottom, the pit, and raised him and put him to the top lives on the inside of me and I. See, we want principles of prosperity. We want principles of success. We want principles of healing. We want principles of victory. We want all those principles. We want that. And there's nothing wrong with principles. I hope you use the principles of faith. I hope you believe and therefore speak. I hope you pray and you, I hope you fast. But these principles cannot replace the reality of what's on the inside of you. These principles are steps for us to kind of look back and think, okay, I may have missed something somewhere. Okay, ah, there it is. I didn't really get the word enough on my life. I, that step one, get the word in my heart. Step one is get the word in my heart. Okay, so I missed step one, so I've got to go back to step one, and I'm going to follow these principles. But really, you can throw those principles away if you just have a relationship. I don't have step one when I wake up and see my wife in the morning. And step 10 is when I go to bed at night. There are things on that list that work better to make sure that my relationship stays strong. 
maybe perhaps doing some chores around the house and helping my wife, maybe helping with the kids and not just leaving everything up to her. I've never really been like that. I've never really just dumped everything on her because she's quite often worked when I haven't worked. So I've looked after the kids more sometimes. But there are steps in a relationship, in, in, in a loving husband and wife relationship. There's steps with parents and kids. I yelled at my child last night a little bit too soon because one child was crying and the other one was get, seemingly getting away with murder. And really, when you dig a bit deeper, my eldest child was probably wound up to get into the place to make the other child cry. But you all, as a parent, you see one child's crying, one child isn't. The one who isn't crying did something wrong. We just That's just maths, isn't it? But quite often, I know this because I'm an eldest child, my brother used to wire me up, I'd punch him, and then I'd get in trouble because I made him cry. But I did it, I, I missed up, I messed it up, I messed up the procedure, and I and I, I, I kind of yelled at him and I said, Right, well, you're gonna be punished. And of course he takes that personally as an eldest child. My my Lewis is quite sensitive in these things, and, and, and he took it personally. He says, Well, Jack always gets away with everything. I messed up the messed up the relationship because I wanted to use the principles of like One's crying, one's not crying, so the crying one must be the one that was beaten up and mistreated. Well, they're both as bad as each other, and we all know this as parents, but we, we like to just yell at one, don't we? We just like to take our fury out. I didn't yell, I just took away video game privileges, but I had a, a very upset child. But guess what? God had blessed me the day before to order something on Amazon for him. So I was able to take that gift and give it to him and apologize. Say, here's a gift. I apologize for my quick reaction. You see, if, we re if God reacted as quick to you and I on how we act, <laughs> there wouldn't be much of a human race, would there? Believing in God and a relationship with God sets the foundation for you to develop everything in your life. I'm big on this. If you know you if you've been here around long enough, I one of the foundational things that I always will come back to is relationship with God. Relationship with the Word. It's great if you drive a nice car. It's great if you have a nice house. But if you have no relationship with God, what's going to happen to the, the nice car and the, the nice house once you die? It's gone. And as I say, I had the privilege of preaching at my father-in-law's funeral on Wednesday. And it was such a privilege to hear the feedback of people who just enjoyed the service. Because when you have a, a Christian who dies and passes away and gets buried... We all have something on the inside of us that has sadness and grief that is gone, but a joy that is gone to heaven. Relationship. I knew he had a relationship with God, so we don't sorrow in the same way that the world sorrows. What am I getting at in all of this? This is the reason why we never give up. You don't give up because you know something on the inside of you. That is so strong, so powerful, so wonderful. It's relationship. My wife can leave a butter knife out on the table that really winds me up. But I'm not leaving her over it. My wife could do something that winds me up, but I'm not leaving her over it. But many Christians leave run away, give up over things far less than that. Church is an amazing place. And I love church. And I love this church. I love seeing people come into this building and, and just uh, you know get excited for the things of God. I love seeing the, the move of the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God starts moving and people's arms are raised and there's worship and praise to an almighty God. And I get excited about that because there is something that is creating relationship. Sunday mornings, 
is about relationship. It's like having a family dinner. You all come around the table and the dad gets out the carving knife and starts to carve and you hope that you get a thick piece or some people like thin slices of chicken or steak or whatever you're eating as a family. You gather together and you enjoy each other's company. That's what church is. It's enjoying each other's company. It's enjoying it. And what, what happens in that place of fellowship, that place of family, that place of love is you are imparted by the anointing, by the Spirit of God, something that you need to have in your life. You're getting imparted wisdom so that you can succeed and have success in everything that you do Monday to Saturday. That's the importance of church and the joy of church and the the excitement of church. Therefore, I believe, I believe, and then I speak. I'm speaking the things of God. I'm speaking the word of God. I'm speaking life into my life, into those people around me. I'm excited about what God's got in store for, your, for, for those of, uh, of people around my life. I'm excited to see Robert grow. I'm excited to see Veronica grow. I'm excited to see all that stuff because of the life and the relationship and the, the flow of the Spirit of God and the joy that is produced in an environment that just gives God all. Praise and all majesty. I worship him. I give him glory. I believe in God, so I speak. This is why I never give up. I believe in God. This is why I never give up. I believe in him. I believe in love. I believe in the word. I believe in, in, in what the victory that he's placed in my life. I believe in the breakthrough power of God that he's placed in my life. I believe in what he did on that cross so much that I will never give up or quit. Hallelujah. The title of my sermon or speech or whatever you want to call it, is living in the upgrade. We started last week talking about upgrading our lives. We started talking about stepping up to another level. I'll give you one scripture verse in Proverbs 18.21. And I've kind of gone around the houses a little bit this morning, but I'm trying to, as I say, hone in. Proverbs 18, verse 21. And you're going to love this one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You want an upgrade in your life, you need an upgrade in what you say. If you want an upgrade in your life, you need to upgrade your praise. If you need an upgrade in your life, you need to upgrade your giving of thanks. I believe in God, therefore I speak. This is why I never give up. If I believe and I speak, life and death are produced by the words of my mouth. Let's change that. Death or life is in the power of the tongue. What did God say when he presented the curse of the law and the blessing of the law to the, the Israelites? What did he say? He said, before you, listen to me. Guys, hello, wake up. Guys, listen to me. I'm giving you life and I'm giving you death. Now choose which one you want. Many of us will make great choices in our health. We'll go to the gym. We'll eat good food. Many of us will choose not to have healthy lives and eat bad food and eat McDonald's too much and pizza too much. Remember what I said, if I want to close a sermon, a service early, I'll start talking about food. I'm getting hungry, are you? McDonald's and all those things are a choice. This is what I, it's, it, let me just take a slight side journey. The choice that we have in the Western world to eat all this kind of food, God said, I'll give you life and I'll give you death. Quite clearly, the choice for bad food is glamorized far more than the choice for good food. So when the devil isn't stupid, when God says choose life and choose death, what's the devil going to do? He's not going to go, oh... Hey, everyone, why not, why not pick life? It's really good for you. 
He's going to glamorize everything about death that he can possibly glamorize because his hope is that you will pull from your heart and your belief system and the, fa- the thing that lives on the inside of your spirit, man. He hopes that he's g- you're going to allow the death cycle of everything that he can get, get to your, into your mind, into your thought life, through TV, through glamorization of everything. He's going to try and get it into your heart so therefore you can start speaking it. And when you start speaking his curse over your life, the direction is getting, your, your life is getting pulled further and further away from that wisdom that comes from the spirit man on living on the inside of you. Death and life are in the power of tongues. I was reading, this is a scripture verse that I've been reading all week. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 13, it says this, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Have you ever thought that you're not going to make it? You're not going to get through the situation that you're facing. That the problems are too big for you to deal with. The financial pressure is too strong. The financial uh, squeeze that has come on these last few years through higher electricity prices, gas prices, mortgage rate increases. Are Are you feeling the pressure? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Neither are my ways. Are your ways my ways, says the Lord. I've been meditating on this and thinking... If we truly want an upgrade in our lives, if we truly want to upgrade our lifestyle in whatever way that is to you, because some of you, that's completely different. For me and Louise, it might be uh, you know, a, a new fence in the back garden. It might be a bit of paintwork on the house. For some of you, you might need a new house. Some of you might need a new car. Some of you might need not, not want more clothes and things like that. But you see, the pressures that comes from the enemy are designed to squash your dreams, your visions, your attitudes of, 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 of victory as to try and get you to a place where you are subservient to a master that is actually evil, not a master who is good. My thoughts are, are not your thoughts. So what we need to do is figure out out what God's thoughts are and not what our thoughts are. The pressure that you feel, the pressure that's, that's trying to squash you will only be lifted up when you see yourself in a place of complete victory and complete vi- breakthrough because of the word of God that lives on, on the inside of you. Those, that word that lives on the inside of you it becomes your thought patterns. And when you start thinking like God thinks, your thoughts are like God's thoughts, then you can start acting like God. I hope I'm making some sense today. I know it. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin and evil into the hell, and with joy, you shall go out with joy and be led forth by the Lord God himself with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing. My word shall go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. When God says he speaks his word and it doesn't return unto him void, he is basically saying, church, you're my body, speak my word. It won't return unto you void. The life of God lives on the inside of you. The life of God lives on the inside of you so that you can speak it. I believe, therefore I spoke. Mark eleven twenty two and 23, have faith in God. Believe it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. And what are you going to do? You're going to see mountains move. 
See, going back to the prayer and the fasting, you spend a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God through prayer. You fast. You hear what God's saying you to, to do in your life. And the faith response to what God has got for you comes out of your mouth. A lot of people have got a hold of this but, and then given up. But we said here, this is why we never give up, because we have faith in God and therefore we speak. Many people have given up and, and, and backed off of this message because they don't believe that they can have whatever they say. Mark 11, 22 and 23, Jesus specifically says, you have what you say. Most people don't like responsibility. Most people don't like being told that actually you have a choice. You have a direction that you can go in. You have the decision to make for your life. Most people don't like that. And most people think I preach it probably too hard. <laughs> but when, I, when I've realized in my life that I, I really cannot blame other people if I blame my parents for where I live right now and how I, uh, I do, well, I've been married 25 years. So it's my parents' fault that I married my wife. It's my parents' fault that I got the job that I... You know what I mean? It, it, where, where does it end? You could start thinking, well, it, it, well it's not my parents' fault. It's, it's the government's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's, it's the market's fault. I have, uh, there's a great quote from a guy called Gary Vanyachuk, and if you don't like him, um, if you don't like foul language, don't Google him, but he, I, I pick up these little quotes from different things, but he, he's a brilliant marketeer, and he understands, but he's not a Christian, let's put it that way. And he says this, this very clearly, that if you're in business, and your business isn't working, maybe the market that you're trying to reach is telling you something. Either your product is rubbish, you're rubbish, or what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it doesn't work. But most people, a lot of Christians included, will try and say, well, I've got an idea, my idea is better, but nobody's buying your idea. And you blame everything else, apart, and you don't ever look and think, well, actually, maybe the idea is crap or rubbish. Sorry. I'm Canadian, that word is not bad in, from where I come from, so I, I say it quite often, and I forget that the English people don't like that word. But when you blame everything else around you, instead of realizing that actually maybe God's given you a bit of responsibility, maybe God's actually said, you know what, uh, Pastor Louise, I'm going to fill you with salvation. Yes, you've made Jesus Christ, well done. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. And what does the praying in the Holy Ghost do? It stirs you up spiritually and actually allows wisdom to come and actually gives you ideas. And actually, I'm going to actually do everything for you. In fact, I'm going to give you every blessing and every spiritual thing that is on the face of this planet that I could possibly give you. I'm going to give it to you and you can take it and do whatever you want with it. I'm giving you life. I'm giving you death. Choose life. It's not hard. If you've got a Big Mac versus a salad, it's not not hard to choose the healthy one, is it? But how many of us pick the healthy one? I know what I'm thinking about right now in an eight salad. Somebody asked me at the barbecue a few weeks ago. He said, would you like some salad? And I said, you never use the word salad at a barbecue for a man. We like bread. We like meat. Maybe a bit of sauce. And in fact, we could do without the bread if we, if we could eat the meat with our hands. We could just, Did you, I, I loved cutting up that steak and just getting in it with our hands. and just not, We didn't have any bread. We'd run out of bread. We'd have, we just had steak. So we just piled the steak up. And us men, Father's Day, just slice, slice that and we just munched on it. That's the best way to eat meat, isn't it? In fact, some of us would probably love to just go out in, into the outback and just to jump on an animal and rip them to sh No, maybe not. Maybe I'm going too far there. <laughs> some of us like to buy a big gun and I'm not a vegetarian <laughs> you, know, you know beyond meat this stuff that was being plastered everywhere in America and, and even in I think it's coming to the UK in, in McDonald's beyond meat is backfiring in America people just are eating it <laughs> people are not going to McDonald's surprise surprise and eating the vegetarian option 
So it's getting removed. It's just getting cancelled and people aren't doing it anymore. Am I off track there? <laughs> a little bit. I'm just thinking about meat. You know what I mean? I'm just like, choose life. It should be the easy option. But it's the responsible option that we don't always want to take. When you sit down in front of the TV, you've got Netflix and you've got YouTube, or maybe you've got a Christian station that you could watch. Quite often you want pick Netflix because you think, I need to be entertained. But yet you could pick the Word of God. And I'm not against Netflix, you know me. I, we have Netflix, we have Apple TV, we have all sorts of different kind of entertainment packages in our, in our house. But I'll tell you one thing we do do. We know where YouTube is. And YouTube is, is a, a, a great source of ministry and preaching and teaching, live streams and stuff like that. I said it, I think, a few couple Sundays back. My, I've made a decision in my life to not allow a device like social media and stuff like that to be my entertainment. You know, Christians are just as bad as non-Christians for so many things. Divorce rates are very similar. Amount of time on mobile phones are very similar. Because the world is attractive. What does it say in 1 John? Let me just read some scripture verse. I don't know why I'm on this subject, because none of this is in my notes. So please hear it. If I find it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. But these are not from the Father, but they are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. Listen to that. It's interesting in this translation. Verse 17. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I don't preach this as hard as I could. But holiness, sanctification, all these kind of big words that Christians like to use. Holiness is not popular in church anymore. Now, holiness isn't don't go to the cinema. Holiness isn't don't wear makeup. Please, women, you can continue to wear makeup. We're not against makeup in this church. You can dress nice. You can do all that. But holiness is simply this. Anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. The teenagers in our church need to hear it. The kids in our church need to understand it and see it in their parents. If you're spending nine hours on a mobile phone reading social media, that's nine hours wasted where you could be at least spending a couple of hours with God, reading his word, understanding my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways simply because God wants you to please him not because he gets an exchange. If you please him, you know, whatever is faith, whatever is not of faith is sin, but when you operate in faith, you please him, you understand that he rewards you because you operate in faith and believe in faith, believe and speak the faith process, believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and you will have whatever you say. This whole that this whole idea of not loving the world comes from a place of understanding that what's in me needs to come out of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead makes alive my mortal body. It makes me healthy and it makes me strong. But it also produces wisdom because it's the spirit of wisdom that lives inside of me. You know when you have a, a fountain if you have a chocolate fountain at a party and you want to have chocolate, you can just go stick your finger 
and just let the chocolate all over your finger and just, oh, no, just, that's what wisdom is for the believer. I'm trying to, I know maybe, maybe I'm too simple. But that's how simple it should be. Wisdom is not difficult. It's hidden for you, not from you. As my dad always used to say to me. God's put this treasure trove of wisdom and ideas and solutions for your life. If you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in your finances, if you're struggling in your relationships in any area, and you're underperforming at your job, you're, not, you're frustrated with life because you, don't, you just feel like I'm hitting a brick wall every single time, but there is a, a, a treasure trove of wisdom that has been deposited in your spirit, man, that if you will learn how to pull it up and out and speak it out of your mouth, Things will start to change and work. And See, this is far more important than a message on giving of your finances. Because giving of your finances will flow when you know his word and you're speaking it out of his mouth. Because his word says, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. When you sow your finances, there's a harvest. But that's a principle given, it shall be given back unto you as a principle. It works. But I tell you what, the money comes back because you've given and your lifestyle's rubbish. You will spend that money on death rather than life. This is where relationship comes in. When God gives you money, God gives you a great spouse, gives you great children, are you going to allow wisdom and the life force of, that lives on the inside of you to rise above every situation and circumstance that you need, that you, that you need to operate and you want to upgrade your life. You want to see a better life for you. And some of you might be sat here in this room. I don't know all of us in this room. Some of you might say, my life's great. My life's wonderful. I've got it sorted. And I'm coasting to heaven. And then I ask you a question. How many souls have you seen saved in your life? And you say, but I've got the nice car. I've got the business. I'm operating prosperity. But Abraham was called to what? Be blessed. To be a blessing. It's supposed to be a flow. You see, this is why relationship is always the important bit. Prayer and fasting is wonderful to do as a job. It's, it's wonderful to just kind of, I'm going to go and do this, or I'm going to go do that. But if it doesn't come out of relationship, there's no flow. There's no joy. There's no life. There's no ability within you to not give up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this service today. Thank you, Father God, for speaking to us. Help us have ears to hear and an understanding. Help us to hear that still small voice. You said you are our shepherd and that we would know other that we would know your voice and that we would not be led astray by any other but i ask you father god to reveal into us the words of wisdom that we need to flow up out of our bellies so that we can start speaking correctly walking in life that the power of life flows freely the out of the abundance of our hearts we speak life not death not confusion, but life, wisdom, spoken out of your mouth, will produce victory, will produce life, will produce excitement and passion and joy. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a joy. What a joy it is to serve my God. What a joy it is to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords that we are the blessed ones on this earth, that we are the ones who share and carry something that helps other people, that not only helps our lives, but helps those around us. Father God, I ask for you, by the power of your Holy Spirit in this place today, to minister 
to reveal, to bring life and to bring joy. Where there once was confusion, bring peace. Once was frustration, bring faith. That as we believe, that we speak. Heavenly Father, we worship you today. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants to do something great in your life. God wants to do something great in your life. God wants to do something great in your life. Some of us just need to believe that. Speak it out. I'm going to stop there. But I'm listening. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place to move, to talk to us. I'm listening. Thank you, Father God, for who you are. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Hallelujah. God, we give you all the glory. We magnify you. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love this world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. It's the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. I believe, I speak, and I don't quit. Never quit. Never quit. Don't quit tithing. Don't quit giving. Don't quit loving. Don't qu quit. <sighs> don't quit. Maybe that's just the words you need to hear today. Don't quit. Maybe I need to hear it today. Don't quit, Andy. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep declaring the word. Keep worshiping him. Keep praising him. Have a joy in your heart. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. The presence of God fills this place with joy and victory. And we give you all the praise, Father. Hallelujah.